0: I'm Jordan Steingard, Program Manager at Columbia University's Temple Hoyne Buell Center for the Study of American Architecture. This podcast mini-series reflects on a Buell Center publication called The A&E System, Public Works and Private Interest in Architectural and Engineering Services, 2000 to 2020. In these podcasts, you'll hear from students from across GSAP who worked on the A&E System project in its various stages. From early case study research to learning to use public databases, to the development and writing of the publication. In their conversations, they discuss their unique disciplinary perspectives, the role of the built environment in relation to climate change and government, and the ways that this research has shaped how they're moving forward as professionals. My name is Maya Frem I graduated from the Urban Planning Master's Program at GSAP uh, with a concentration in housing and community and economic development. I graduated in 2020, and right now I'm working at a affordable housing nonprofit based in Brooklyn. We develop, manage, and own affordable housing throughout the city.
1: I'm Claire Kensilla. I graduated from GSAP in 2020 as well with my master's in historic preservation. I'm currently working at an environmental consulting firm as an architectural historian in Los Angeles, California. I think honestly, going into this project, I was pretty ignorant about basically everything about the A&E system. I mean, a lot of the work that we actually did was very illuminating for me. In a lot of ways, I was certainly aware that these companies existed and that they did really large scale projects, but I would, you know, see an announcement of a project or or see construction in my daily life and be like, Oh, okay, there's another thing kind of being built. There's sort of this almost passivity kind of about some of these large scale construction projects, which I think actually probably helps maintain a lot of the systems that these organizations thrive under and probably kind of behooves them to have people think of them as apolitical projects. So going in, I didn't really know anything. Honestly, I would say, for other students and practitioners, I think really getting an understanding of even even a, a basic understanding of what kind of these major firms are, what they do, where their money comes from, just how many projects they get is really, really valuable because, you know, these projects aren't apolitical. They're not separate from our daily lives, from the daily lives of many, many people in many different communities. And we as citizens are, are paying for a lot of them because they're federally funded. So I would really just say that it's, it's worthwhile to go into these kind of like the nitty gritty of all of these sorts of different projects, different companies that they do, that different companies do, how they do them, all of that, because I think it's, it's, it's a very useful supplement to having your sort of basis in education, which at GSAP, at least in my experience, was much more sort of theory oriented and almost, I don't want to say idealistic, but not quite as maybe pragmatic or it was a slightly different experience than, than working out in the field in general. So it's kind of vague, but I think, I think it's just really important to have some kind of understanding of how these, how these firms work in general.
0: Yeah, I think I would echo what Claire has, has just said and illustrated. I think for me, my background is in policy. And so going to a school that's, you know, really design focused really sort of challenged me. And then on top of that, being able to kind of explore through research at Buell, I think I really got a sense of through this project, what exactly these Firms do and also how they sort of are perceived and then also ultimately, you know, it's, it's complicated. And I don't think that I came into it understanding just the sort of various ways this system and the various systems that, that prop it through architecture, through finance, through governance, and then even sort of stakeholders. I mean, I think. I think I learned a lot about this very complicated system and it definitely also challenged me in ways because it was my second year of grad school. So I finished my term at Buell right when I was graduating. And so a lot of what I was thinking about at the time was, you know, where I wanted to see myself, you know, end up. And so. It also gave me a sense of what organizations, what corporations, what companies exist and are doing work that are that is like very closely related to what I've studied and and what I'm interested in. And is are there ways as I like sort of learned about these systems for me to kind of be the change within or. Is it just maybe not necessarily what I stand for? It was both sort of like on an academic and personal level, just like a very sort of illuminating project and process.
1: I didn't know that there wasn't really a tool to track where federal money came from for projects like this until 2006. It was really interesting. I think all the language surrounding the launch of USA Spending and having that be advertised sort of or marketed as this tool of being a very transparent thing, something that's supposed to really help anybody figure out where money's coming from for these projects, like who's getting what, and especially then having kind of dived into using that tool and realizing that this is not in fact, actually all that intuitive or transparent of a tool, like, certainly it's better than nothing. But it's not something that I think a lot of people who are just sort of lay people who might be casually interested in this would be able to just jump in and and be able to figure out. I mean, we had a team of people working on this for years on this project. And, you know, so I think that was really interesting. And I think in a more broader sense, one of the things that I really thought about was sort of just this general language of transparency that a lot of these firms sort of used. They talk a lot about being a part of a community and sort of allowing public input and, and all of these things. But in reality, it's actually quite hard to get information on these companies and on these projects. And often like this language of transparency is kind of just that language being able to access a lot of this information is is prohibitive and difficult for many people. So I work in environmental consulting now. So basically, with the firm I work at, we do evaluations of development projects and basically assess what sort of impacts they might have on. I specifically look at the historic built environment, but there's you know biological resources, water resources, air quality, all of that goes in. So it's sort of this other facet of this, which is. It's been interesting because the whole idea of environmental review is that that creates another layer of transparency for these big projects. But again, the same issues are manifested again in this review, which is great. Like, you know, we create an environmental impact review for a project which says here's the potential effects, here's mitigation measures to minimize them. And then there's a public input period, public comment. But again, you know, these EIR documents tend to be extremely large and a lot of people don't know that they exist. A lot of people have language barriers or access barriers and it's just... It's certainly better than nothing. The public comment period is great. And it's one way to actually try to make these projects more transparent, but the same sort of problems about about access, about whether or not doing the sort of step or saying that this is a public comment period is actually sufficient. Um, you know, there's a question there. And that was really interesting to kind of work in this other, other side that's sort of connected to this sort of development projects. We tend to work with much smaller firms than what we wrote about, but sort of the principles are there. And yeah, the idea of kind of transparency and how language versus, you know, action there. And I thought that was really interesting.
0: I'm just going to, again, echo what you've said, Claire. I think I am not ignorant to these big corporations being about stewardship and like resiliency and all these sort of buzzwords and transparency and corporate governance. But really seeing just, you know, again, having people studying architecture, preservation, planning, studying the built environment with a background in, in this work, in this field, and still having such difficulty kind of getting information on public projects was something that was just really surprising in a way that I didn't think would be the case, like trying to track down again, like, funding streams, even going through different iterations of, I can't remember the name of that website, where you can see what a website looked like back in... Wayback Machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> exactly. Wayback Machine. Just seeing how language just sort of evolves, but doesn't say anything, was really surprising. And I think it was just like one of the moments for me. I work in affordable housing and... You know, I do a lot of the pre-development development of, you know, new construction for low income to moderate income households in New York City. Work with the city a lot to finance these projects, work with architects to design these buildings and contractors. So I interface with a lot of the folks that, you know, I was through this project. I, you know, was really sort of studying and analyzing and, and I think for some of the projects that my organization are developing, some of them are big projects where we go into it as a joint venture with maybe larger development organizations and so for me, I think through this experience of kind of understand I mean it's you know we're not working with like acom but you know we are working with acom like folks and I think for me, like understanding how much the bottom line really is the goal for these types of companies and organizations has kind of just made me kind of go the opposite way and be that much more of an advocate and kind of take on that role when I'm doing these projects and when I'm a part of these you know joint venture, joint ventures and development teams. I think this experience has made me a more critical practitioner. It's definitely something that I carry with me when I do, when, you know, I'm having conversations with folks that sort of like represent the same kind of, you know, missions or like ideals or that these multinational architecture and engineering services firms kind of have and propose. And, and so I think ultimately it's made me be that much more of an advocate.
1: Yeah. I would agree with a lot of what Maya said in terms of, I certainly just feel kind of more aware of, of the fact that all of this exists and that it it manifests not just within those systems, but elsewhere. I mean, I certainly see a lot of the thematic sort of categories that we developed um, in this project manifest in some of the work I do and in the industry that I work in now in the environmental review side. I sort of mentioned this, but I think that what we learn at GSAP, you know, a lot of it's focused on aesthetics, history, theory, kind of whatever. And I think that that's, you know, pivotally important. But I also think it was very beneficial for me to also have a grounding and sort of like a practical kind of pragmatic understanding of like oh well here are the firms that honestly employ a ton of people in this industry and here's how they function and here's how that's different from sort of talking about you know in my case this particular like beautiful architecturally significant historic building as great as that is that's often you know a lot of people don't end up getting directly to work with projects like that they tend to be much more there tend to be a lot of projects with firms like this that that people end up working in so i think that that's been valuable just from a practical standing and I think understanding that these these large firms get the work that they do for a lot of reasons, some of which, you know, might be kind of nefarious, but they also get it because they're able to kind of market themselves as, as having all these in-house abilities and skills. It's a good, the federal government likes to hear that you're efficient. So if you're able to say... You know, we have all these different divisions and we can do this whole project in-house. That's very appealing. And I think in the industry that I'm in now, it was very useful for me to have that kind of background of understanding. It's definitely helped me sort of understand the field better. And it's definitely helped me to sort of have a framework for understanding how these developers work, as well as how the environmental review process works. Because I think that the themes that we developed can easily be replicated in basically any industry. And I see that in the way that I work. And I don't mean that in a negative way necessarily. Things work like this because a lot of these projects are deeply complicated. And like what I'm working in an environmental review is one very, very small part of these massive projects. And that often feels like this overwhelming amount of work with all these different departments and people. And that's, you know, one tiny component. So having this basis of understanding like, yeah, these firms are massive. They do this stuff for a reason and they get these jobs for many, many reasons. And some of it is. This advertising efficiency. Um, that was really useful, I think. And I think that having this framework that we've developed through the power and infrastructure project, I think that, that will be useful in the future. I think I'll certainly refer back to that document. I know that Buell has put together kind of a how to use USA spending document, which I think is extremely helpful. I think that's great. So yeah, I think just having that sort of grounding and like, you know, this is the way things work and then being able to say, okay, here's a basic framework and here's how it applies in other situations, other firms, um, other projects is really useful. And I think being able to have that and think critically is really important as a practitioner. You know, I would I would like to think that the work that I do kind of works towards making the potential negative impacts a little bit less of some of these projects. And I I hope to continue doing that in my career. And I think having this foundational understanding will be pivotal in doing that moving forward. And I also hope that, you know, other people working in this field, whether that be planning, architecture, preservation, whatever, other people also hopefully be able to use this framework and collectively. Ideally, we could make some change over time.
0: (laughs) That's the goal. (laughs) This project has really been sort of like a helpful context for me, especially going into this field, going into development work. And yeah, it's something that like Claire said, like I will be referencing and hopefully, and as I said before, can see and can find ways to advocate for the communities that I'm seeing that are completely ignored and neglected by these systems.